Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. A few weeks ago, Tia was out when she got a call from her mom. And she calls me, she was like, oh my God, you're on TV. And I was like, what? The interview she'd done a few months ago was finally airing on cable. And so she like flips the camera on FaceTime. She's like, look at you. And I was just like, what is this? Tia knew the interview she did was for a show on TLC. It's called My Crazy Birth Story. But watching it back, there was a lot going on. Confession time. I'm a huge fan of this TV show. It features real people telling all the gory, wonderful details of giving birth. My name is Tiffany, and this is my crazy birth story. And not just any birth. I just had a baby in public. These are the kinds you can't plan for. It just happens. At an amusement park or toilet stall, the new parent pushes ahead, embraces the kindness of strangers. My poor heart explodes. Plus, you get to watch the dramatic green actors try to pull off lines like, Step on it. She's got a baby in her pants. Cut to images of thighs smeared with strawberry jam, plastic baby dolls. In Tia's episode, she's gorgeous in a striped jumpsuit, sitting in a TV set nursery with perfect lip gloss. My name is Tia, and this is my crazy birth story. And then you cut to her dramatic reenactor. Who looks like Tia, but older. There's a rubber umbilical cord on the floor. I don't even know where you buy those. And Tia's reenactor has a fresh manicure that's covered in blood. It gave it very, like, horror film-esque vibes, but it totally was how I saw it in my head, like, looking back at it. I was like, oh, my God, like, looks like I murdered someone in here. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi. Tia's birth story is truly wild. It's something no one should ever have to go through, but also empowering. It makes you feeling like we all might be stronger than we ever realized when we're put to the test. After Tia gave birth, it made international news. Tia didn't understand why. It took a long time for what happened to really sink in, for Tia to fully grasp how far astray her thinking had gone. A lesson that was even more important after becoming a mom. And seriously, you gotta watch this TV show. Tia Freeman is 23 years old, a member of the U.S. Air Force living outside of Nashville, Tennessee. 
I just remember being like, hold on one second. Xavier, no. Xavier is her toddler. You can't pull the headphones. I think he wants his own podcast. Sorry, hold on. What's he doing? <laughs> Trying to grab the, re- the microphone because he thinks it's a ball. One of the neat things we can do here at our show is send a recording engineer to interview our guests at their homes. So it's a Saturday. Tia and Xavier are hanging out on their couch. No. No, it's not a ball. So we're going to hear Xavier sometimes in the recording, even though Tia pulled out all the stops. Ooh, Xavier, if you're quiet, you can get a cookie. You know, he's full of drama and theatrics, this one. Makes a lot of sense after you hear how Xavier entered the world. A year and a half ago, Tia noticed she was gaining weight. She figured it was because she hadn't been to the gym in a while. And even though she hadn't had her period in a bit, she didn't think she was pregnant. Missing a period was not something that was abnormal to me. Like, that kind of came with the birth control. So it wasn't until my stomach kind of, like, started taking on that more pregnant form that I was like, oh, snap, I need to go check to see if this is legit or not. Tia hadn't had morning sickness or swollen feet. I did feel kicking But it wasn't until I realized that I was pregnant that I actually started paying attention to what was going on in my body. And I was like, oh, wait. So that's what that is. Like, because pregnancy was just so far out of the realm of possibility for me. Tia's doctor disagreed. Tia was seven months pregnant. And if you want to know what that's like, we've told the story of someone realizing way too late that they're pregnant before. Just go back to episode number 122. It's called Surprise. So Tia was having a hard time coming to terms with the news, so much so that she didn't tell anyone she was pregnant. Oh, okay, correction. I told my supervisor at work. Even worse, her boss knew before her friends or family. For Tia, telling people in her life would seriously disrupt her plan to stay in denial as long as possible. In my head, I knew that eventually a baby would come out. But it was, again, something that I had never really considered in my life. Like, it wasn't like, oh, one day I want to be a mom. Like, it was just never an option for me. So even when I knew I was pregnant, I was like, okay, this is something that I have to accept. I guess it wasn't real until it got real. (laughs) Is this like a Tia thing to do? Like, do you avoid something if it's bad and coming up for you? Yeah, like the check engine light comes on and I'm like, ah, I guess I'll deal with that when it's time to deal with that. Like, you know, it, which is totally not like a healthy way to like go about coping with things, I guess. But there was just some, I guess it had worked for so long that I was like, ah, why not? We would try it with this too. And that's how Tia decided to sneak onto a 14-hour flight to Istanbul when she was 36 weeks pregnant. In her mind, her due date and the baby were whole three weeks away. She had nearly a month. Plus, the trip had been scheduled from way before she realized she was even pregnant. The plan was a 14-hour flight to Istanbul, a nice long layover, and then heading back to the airport where she'd fly to Germany to meet up with friends. And yes, if at 36 weeks you could barely make it up a flight of stairs, you're allowed to hate Tia a little. But her pregnancy hadn't stopped her yet. And as you might have guessed, Tia has a high threshold for discomfort. So she gets on the flight for the first leg of her trip, headed to Istanbul. And the meal cart comes around. Tia, who's a vegetarian, totally forgot to order a veggie meal. So she eats the salmon. That's the closest, I guess, to vegetarianism. An hour later, she's feeling weird. 
decides it's food poisoning. Matias' food poisoning felt a lot like menstrual cramps. They were coming from a, a deeper place that, like, you, like, can't put your finger on. I was just like, where? I've never felt that place before. Like, this is new. I don't like it. Take it back. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. She added pain to the list of things she was ignoring and went to sleep. And when she woke up an hour later, they landed in Istanbul. Still in extreme pain to the point of nausea, Tia realized she still had to go through customs. It was probably the longest line I've ever seen in the entire existence of human history. I was sweating, like, I was gripping on to the railing and kind of, like, swaying a little bit. I was trying not to look suspicious. Like, I didn't want them to think, like, oh, gosh, she's got Ebola. We're letting this girl who's got Ebola into our country. Like, But, like, if anyone was actually paying attention, you would have probably noticed, like, something was up. <laughs> Tia was feeling so ill, you have to wonder if she was thinking clearly. All she wanted to do was get to the hotel. Slowly... Her denial was fading. So I pull out my phone and I like Google how to tell if you're in labor or not. And oh it, my God. <laughs> it was super non-helpful. Like they were like, if you're in labor, this could happen. But that could also just be false labor. And the only way to know is if your water breaks. And I'm like, so false labor and labor are the same things. I just have to wait for my water to break. By the time my water breaks, I feel like that's too late. Like, this is not helpful at all. Tia also wasn't sure if her health insurance would work overseas. And she didn't want to accidentally go to the hospital in a foreign country over airplane salmon. She didn't know what the emergency number to call in Turkey would be. Plus, when she looked around, she didn't see any friendly English-speaking tourists who she could confide in. Like, excuse me, do you know what labor feels like? So two hours later, now through customs, Tia's still hoping it's the fish. So much so, she prepaid for the cab ride to bring her back to the airport the next day. She was sure she'd use it. She'll feel better when she gets to the hotel. This has probably only been a seven-minute car ride, but I feel like this is the longest seconds to ever exist, like ever. Tia could have asked the cab driver for help. I'm having a baby feels like the easiest sign language thing possible. But even when I was checking in at the concierge little area, the people there actually spoke English a little bit, at least enough that I could tell that they probably would have understand, understood what I was saying. But then at that point, I was just like kind of embarrassed. I don't know why to be like, oh, hey, by the way, I think I'm in labor. They'd say, you think you're in labor? How do you not know what labor is? How many weeks along are you? Why are you alone in Turkey? Tia finally opened the door to her hotel room. It's actually a really nice room. It would be a shame if someone had a baby in it. <laughs> Stay with us. Advertisements. <laughs> Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. (laughs) And we're back. And yes, Tia is about to give birth to her son, Xavier. If birth stories are hard for you to listen to, skip ahead about 10 minutes for the heartfelt lessons learned reflection stuff. So the sun was setting in Istanbul. It's early evening. Tia's all checked into a really nice hotel room. By now, she's sure her pains were labor pains, and she needed a new plan. Here she is on the TV show, My Crazy Birth Story. I know what I know, and I know that YouTube got me. So I Google how, or how to, what do you do when you're in labor? How to deliver a baby? Sanitize your arms and hands. Remove any jewelry, such as rings or watches. The video she started watching is from a service called eLimpid. Their YouTube channel says, you will hear on eLimpid find information about health, fitness, beauty, DIY, and how to do things easily step by step. Their other videos include how to cure herpes on your own, and how to diet using only apple cider vinegar. But of all the other birth instruction videos I've looked up, this one was pretty good. They didn't have some annoying guy with spiky hair giving you fun facts about your cervix. E. Limpid gets to the point. Prepare a birthing area. The first thing I did was go to the bathtub and just fill it up with water. Not like even halfway, I think maybe just a quarter of the way or so. Just enough that like... I guess my lower area was just, like, covered in water. Get set up so that you have everything you'll need within easy reach. And then I just kind of prop my phone up on the bathtub wall. One of the first steps is calling for help. Tia skipped that one. Next up, decide on your birthing position. One was the squat where it kind of looked like you were peeing outside. And I don't know, that was just weird for me to like visualize like pooping out a baby. I just didn't like that image. And so I was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. And then two was like your standard, like how you kind of see it in the hospital where like your back is rested on the bathtub wall and your legs are kind of propped up. Like like you're at the gynecologist. Like it was that kind of position. And I was like, okay, this seems like what everyone else does. Like, And this is comfortable, so I'll just go with that. The third one was, you're in a tabletop position, and that was also awkward. I was like, I feel like this is how, this is before the baby's made. I don't like it. I don't, this is just weird for me. And so I'm going to stick with two. If the contractions are two minutes or less apart, buckle down and get ready to deliver the baby. My phone's got a timer on it, so like I pull that out. I start timing how quick my contractions were coming, and they were well under two minutes. And I was like, oh gosh, like, we're going. Don't encourage her to push until she feels an unstoppable pressure to do so. I maybe pushed five or six times, like maybe. And the second to last time he like started crowning, that was like one of the moments that I kind of started to like realize 
that I wasn't just going through the motions. Like the way I was able to process this was part of my brain was paying attention to the steps. And another part of my brain was like dealing with the pain. This next part is better told by my favorite television show in the whole wide world. So I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and I want to stop, but I know I can't quit. And so finally, I'm starting to see the baby's head. Pushing sounds provided here by a dramatic reenactor. And I keep pushing, and then out he floats. <laughs> and I just remember him, like, floating up to the top of the water and then being like, oh, okay, like, well, what is it? Like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? And I lift him up. Kind of the only way I imagine it is how, like, Rafiki lifts up. Simba in the Lion King. And I was like, ah, it's got a penis. Okay. He started crying immediately after, like, coming out of the water. I don't know if it was shock of the water or the trauma of birth. I, I'm not sure. But, like, he started crying. I was like, all right, well, that's that's a good sign. I, I they, Don't they normally slap, like, babies' butts for that? Like, so I was like, I think we're... I think everything's looking good. Tia lay with her fresh son on her chest and took a deep breath. It was about 8.30 p.m. in Istanbul. Elimpid told her the last step. Once delivery is complete, proceed to the nearest hospital or await the ambulance you called. In most of the My Crazy Birth Story episodes, this is when the EMTs rush in, or the mom gets back in the car headed to the hospital to check for hemorrhaging to massage down the uterus. But Tia didn't know to do that. And so I, like, got up, and I pretty much thought I was done. I was like, all right, good game. Like, high five, go get some water. Like, this would be great. And then I stood up, and I just remember feeling something, like, dangling in between my legs. And I was like, what is what is that? Like, and I was like, oh, my God, it's the umbilical cord. Like, there's more work to be done. You'd think Tia would be so freaked out right now and scared. She's all alone with this tiny new baby in her arms. But instead... Hormones aplenty. She had a moment. She looked down at the umbilical cord between her legs and thought, wow, this is kind of like having a penis. Yes, like I imagine that's how men feel. Like knowing that there's this thing like flopping around between their legs that kind of has like a mind of its own. I was like, oh, like, okay, got it. Like, this is what, and I kind of like played with, I like swung. I was like, aha, this little penis is like. So with her umbilical cord penis out, she sat down in a chair and Googled it. WikiHow, how to cut the umbilical cord of a baby. Step one, don't use the cord to pull out the placenta. And they left out that when it's passing, those also feel like contractions. Are you saying WikiHow didn't have all the information <laughs> that you needed there? I know, hard to believe. Like, why did we should go in and suggest an edit? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, um, by the way, I had great information you got here. If you could just remind people that uh, passing the placenta is painful, that would be helpful. <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this, but <laughs> when her placenta passed, she put it in one of those sanitary bags she found in the bathroom. But it was still attached to the baby. So, back to WikiHow. The rest of the article is like, okay, so what you need are scissors and some clamps. Everything's supposed to be sterile. I didn't have clamps. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have scissors. Wasn't prepared. But I had my shoelaces and a pocket knife. I was like, all right, 
I'll just boil some water from this tea kettle that they have, and then I'll just dip all that in there and sanitize it to the best of my abilities. And then I just did what Wiki Howe said. I just tied the shoelaces an inch from his belly button and then another two inches from that. And then this is the only moment where I actually started to freak out. Because Wiki Howe was like, oh, the baby's not going to feel it. And I'm like, you liar. Like, this thing is attached to him. What do you mean he's not going to feel it? And so I was, like, poking it, like, kind of testing the waters. Like, I was, like, taking the knife and kind of poking it and then, like, looking at Xavier and being like, you feel that? All right, you're crying. It didn't change. So poke again. You feel that? So then I just, like, was like, ah, okay, go. And I just cut the umbilical cord, which is a lot tougher than what I imagined. It's, like, rubbery, so it didn't just, like, slice. You had to, like, put work into it, and I was like, this is, this is uncomfortable for me. Like, why don't you just cut already? After she was done cutting, the rest of the cord went into the sanitary bag. She tied it all up, cleaned everyone off, and got into bed with her sweet new baby. Her next step, she figured out without Google. I just assumed that you just put your boob in the baby's mouth and the rest just kind of worked. Everything Tia just went through makes me think of the story my Pilates instructor tells during class sometimes. The first time a coach ever asked her to run a mile, they told her, you can probably do this in six and a half minutes. She wasn't a fitness person then, so that's what she thought was normal for running a mile. She did it in six and a half minutes. That's like a varsity runner at your high school. And that's why my Pilates instructor sometimes says woo-woo things like, our only limits come from our minds. I don't know if that applies to something as extreme as childbirth, but it's the only way I can make sense of what Tia did next. After Xavier fell asleep with his little belly full of milk, she barricaded him in with some pillows. There's more work to do. And then I was like, all right, well, I got to go clean this bathroom now. Because she definitely wasn't ready to accept help with anything yet. Dang, if you don't, that's super rude. Like, you don't get paid enough to deal with your shenanigans. Like, that's like, you were raised better than this. Tia scrubbed the floor and the tub using a towel like a mop. She was starting to get tired. It was almost 10 p.m. She changed the baby. By changing him, I mean just giving him another one of my shirts to, like, wrap him up in. Earlier, she Googled how to swaddle a baby, which she did using an oversized T-shirt. She set an alarm. They needed to catch their cab at 5 a.m. As the last call to prayer rang out across Istanbul, Tia named her son Xavier. It's right before, like, exhaustion set in, and he was, like, laying on my chest, and I just looked down, and I was just like, oh, like, because, I mean, it was me pretty much bare-chested to him, like, bare-chested, and I was like, oh, like, this is... This is the thing. So this is what people are talking about. Like, and those moments came in like flashes where I was like, ah, like, I love you. Like, this is, this person is going to look up to me or this person's going to be with me for like the rest of my days, like I'm forever. For the first time that day, Tia actually felt scared. I was just so ill-prepared for being a mom. That was the scary part for me. It wasn't the doing it on my own. It wasn't the being in a foreign country by myself. It was all the other stuff that came later. It's motherhood. Yeah, motherhood. It's scary. In a bit, Tia's secret baby isn't going to be a secret much longer. 
I'm sorry. He's got, he's like got a cookie that he slobbered all everywhere on and then decided to hand it to me in the middle of this and then is now wiping his messy hands on the window. Don't go away. Can you please not, sir? Say advertisement. Advertisement. Good job. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back. I'm here with my co-host, Xavier. Hi. Before Xavier was born, his mom was pretty bad at asking for help, unless you were Google. But starting the moment she walked out into a hotel lobby holding a baby in a t-shirt, this was going to have to change. Tia told the front desk what happened. Kinda. I was like, oh, hey, by the way, there's a placenta in your trash can. They didn't even say anything. They just looked. And then I was just looking, and we were, like, awkwardly looking at each other, and I was like, all right, gonna go catch this cab now. <laughs> and then she got to the airport, where the transit authorities spotted Tia right away. I'm pretty sure they definitely thought I was a human trafficker, and I'm not even pretty sure, because later on I asked, and I was like, y'all think I was out here kidnapping babies? She was like, yeah. In a back room at the airport, Tia and Xavier were checked out by doctors. And then someone knocked and asked to take their picture. And I was thinking, like, oh, okay, this must be for whatever process, like, I'm going through, like, ah, now I'm an international terrorist. Like, I don't know, like, I, they need my picture. It was the Turkish press. It just all happened so fast. And then I just remember, like, seeing cameras flashing everywhere. And they were like, oh, like, what's the baby's name? And I was like, set it on Xavier. And they were like, are you going to give him a Turkish name? I was like... Oh, that sounds cool. Like, what's his, what's his Turkish name? And they were like, ah, oh, uh, Atta is the Turkish name. I was like, yeah, I can do that for his middle name. Wait, you took the first suggestion of a Turkish name? Yes. I didn't even know what it meant at the time. They were just like, Atta. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that'll be his middle name. And then, like, later on, I was like, wait, what does that mean? I was like, why did I just agree to this? Atta, like Turk, the founder of Istanbul. The name means gift. Right away... Everyone around Tia started trying to help her. Ladies were showing up with gifts from all over the airport. Onesies, diapers, snacks for Tia. They helped her call the U.S. consulate. They helped her find a Turkish doctor to get Xavier cleared for flying. They put her up in a hotel for two weeks with all of her meals covered at the hotel buffet. The airline even called to make sure she was eating well. At the hotel, she'd be holding a plate and staff would rush over. Can I get you more food? There was one time I was in the hospital and I was like trying to breastfeed Xavier and there was an elderly woman beside me and she spoke no English and I spoke no Turkish and she was like, no, like you're doing it wrong. And then she like literally reaches over and grabs my boob and like properly does breastfeeding for me. And at first, like the American in me was like taken aback. I was like, she just grabbed my boob. And then like 
the mom who doesn't know what she's doing was like, oh, but thank you. <laughs> I needed some help. <laughs> like, I'm glad you recognize this. Before Tia was a mom, she was terrified to ask a stranger for help, even getting to the hospital. But then, during her first few days on the job, she was welcoming helpful hands from anywhere. With motherhood, that's protocol. Like, did you notice how Xavier magically got quieter during our interview? No, my grandmother came and got him, and he didn't get quiet. He just got removed. (laughs) Her grandma, Paulette, was actually the first person Tia told about Xavier. She's there, so I asked her about it. I was laying there, and I heard my phone bing, bing, and I go, oh, my goodness, what's this? And I saw, so, Nana, I had a baby. Tia texted a photo of Xavier. Great-grandma Paulette couldn't believe it. I know in a million years, I would never have been able to do that. Never. And I had four children, so I know. Tia also came clean to her friends, the ones she was supposed to meet up with in Germany. They were flying home with the same layover as Tia in Istanbul. And that's when I kind of was like, surprise. And they were like, whose baby is this? Like, where did you get this baby? And I was like, uh, my uterus. Like, I don't know. And then they were like freaked out. They were like, when did you, like, what just happened here? The airline bumped them up to first class. And Tia's story broke around the world. Tennessee woman says, just Google it. She decided, in her words, to DIY it. Now she's back home with her healthy newborn, proud of being able to give birth all on her own. Now back at home. Tia found all the attention really puzzling. Is like birth not a common thing in Istanbul? I don't, I'm not sure why this is such big news. But then between doing interviews for radio stations in Ireland, bloggers in Egypt, seeing herself on Good Morning America and hearing her local DJs talk about her on the morning talk shows, she finally got it. Oh, girl, what were you thinking? Like, this is a th- why did you do this? Like, what's this the thing? And um, when other people were like sharing their stories, and I was like, oh, like yeah, that, no, that's crazy. Like, what you did was a crazy thing. Like that that happened. She had to come to terms with the risk she took, with realizing how many people in her life would have and wanted to support her. I definitely feel like I am a lot better at like relying on other people outside of myself now that I am a parent. Because you can't. You can't do it all, all on your own. And so I had to thoroughly and heavily lean on the support system that was around me, whether that was coworkers, friends, strangers, unsolicited advice on the Internet, like whatever it was. Like you can learn from pretty much anybody. And she still leans pretty hard on YouTube. I feel like it's gotten me this far. No time to abandon them now. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Elizabeth Nakano. Our editor is Abigail Peel, who's also the senior producer of a show we love called Unladylike. Our show's creator and executive producer is Hilary Frank. If you liked this episode, be sure to check out My Crazy Birth Story on TLC. We loved Tia's episode. Seriously, they are all gems. Our engineer is Pete Karam. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov. We get editorial support from Peter Clowney, Antonia Akatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Rekha Murthy, and Julia Wang. Special thanks this week to Tasha Landley. Next time on The Longest Shortest Time, you're not going to believe who I got to interview. Do you actually say ack ever? <laughs> yeah, don't you? <laughs> it's exactly how it feels, isn't it? <laughs> Kathy, from the comics. 
In her new book, she writes about feeling squashed between her aging parents and her aging kid with her aging self in the middle. They call it the sandwich generation, but it feels much more squashed than that, so I call it the panini generation. Seriously, don't miss this episode. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time on Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we want to hear your stories. Right now, we're looking for questions for our next teen panel. Here's what we're going to do. We're asking teens to give advice to parents. Finally, it's your chance to ask a 16-year-old, what's so addictive about Fortnite? How much should I tell my kid about my past? What should we name our family dog? Teens remember being kids pretty clearly, so harness their wisdom. Go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the participate tab, and submit your story. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.